It's a bird. It's a plane. No, wait. It's a prologue. Yes, so, uh, I watched Orange Cassidy versus Chris Jericho this week. Really happy Orange Cassidy won. What also isn't happy for me is that I forgot to post this earlier because I didn't fully edit everything in time. So there might be a little bit of outdated information, but it pretty much says all of my thoughts. So with that said, uh, hope you guys enjoy the podcast. Hear the intro. Ladies, gentlemen, lady gentlemen, how long have we let the world choose? No. Dictate what drinks we must have whenever we go for formal outings, regular occasions. How much longer must we be oppressed by the Copperbergs, the Smirnoff Ices of the world, and even those goddamn Jack Daniels? For you see, I, I am not a man of promise, I am a man of revolution, and you know what I see? You know what I hope for one day? to have some freshly squeezed orange juice in a regular bar. To have it drunk and have the people look at me and say, you're a good man. God bless you and your freshly squeezed orange juice. Yeah, so really the long story is, why do you not have orange juice here? Any? Come on, just a bit. It's midnight. Oh, uh, uh, come on now. <laughs> this must be this must be a misunderstanding. You must. Uh, um, I just I just wanted orange juice. I just wanted orange juice. On tonight's episode of the Wrestling with Fiction podcast, we shall be looking at freshly squeezed orange Cassidy. What is the state of his current feud with Chris Jericho? Where the hell will he go next? We'll all find out. So tell your friends, tell your friendliest friends, and tell all of them to come, watch, and enjoy tonight's episode of the Wrestling With Fiction Podcast! Hi there! Uh... Welcome to the second episode of the Wrestling With Fiction podcast! Wow! We have a second episode! Okay, I know this is like one of those things where it's just... You don't really need to say that every time you do it, but hey! You know what? It's a step forward. I've done well. That's good! So, as you can hear by me randomly just giving off that title, today's episode is on freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy. And... First things first, I'm not gonna lie, I think the next 20 minutes is just gonna be me gushing about how much I love Orange Cassidy. I feel like there isn't enough love for him at this point. Like, he's probably currently in the feud of his career, you know? Like, who would have guessed from Double or Nothing, he would have just ended up in a feud with the inaugural AEW World Heavyweight Champion? If you asked me, like, six months ago, I wouldn't have believed he would have got out of the tag team with best friends. So, today's episode, it's gonna be the same as the last episode, if you managed to see that. If you didn't, I don't blame you. So, we're gonna be going over, what is he doing now? 
my thoughts on that thing and potential feuds for the future because he's Orange Cassidy. And regardless of what I say, he won't care because he's just him. He's just a relaxed dude. On to said thing. His feud with Chris Jericho. Now, for me, I personally think that Orange Cassidy is one of, apart from maybe Hangman Page, one of those characters who's had the most storyline progression of any other character in AEW at this point. For those of you who don't really know who Orange Cassidy is, and this is your first time listening to this, the best way that I can describe Orange Cassidy is pretty much what he said in a documentary, I think it was made by Kenny Johnson, is that he is a wrestler who does not want to be a wrestler. He, he's a guy who just from his offense, from constantly putting his hands in his pockets, to his initial entrance where he didn't even have entrance music, he just doesn't try. <laughs> and that is just coming to a complete head with his feud with Le Champion, Chris Jericho. I don't know why I said it that way, but we're going to keep it in. Orange Cassidy has went in the span of a year from being a guy, just a guy in a battle royal, to being probably one of the most over acts in AEW. And it's clear from, like, if you've heard any interviews from Tony Khan, or the Young Bucks, or Chris Jericho himself, everyone is so high on Orange Cassidy. And honestly, I can't blame them. But tell me before you ever saw Orange Cassidy that you've ever seen anyone do an arm drag with their hands in their pockets. I, I could barely even do a kip-up to save my life, let alone do a freaking arm drag with my hands in my pockets. He is somehow, in the world of wrestling, which has had every move done under the sun, come up with something that is, I wouldn't say original, just because I'm sure there have been decades upon decades of people doing completely different gimmicks that can resemble what Orange Cassidy is, but has been able to do it and somehow add credibility to it. And you know what? You can put credit onto the creative team over at AEW for what they've done with Orange Cassidy. But it's absolutely incredible seeing how much of a... I want to say threat he is now in AEW. Like, because they've started to tell this narrative with Orange Cassidy that when he does try, he's one of the best wrestlers in the world. And, on and honestly, with it, I wouldn't be upset if he wins against Jericho in this feud overall. Just to date this recording that this has happened, this is just after the Super Debate 2020. And for me, this is the first time Orange Cassidy has spoke. He just got beat up the week before the match. I think Orange should win this. I think Orange should go over here. And I can't believe I'm saying this. Because the only other people who have pinned Chris Jericho at this point in AEW is John Moxley and Scorpio Sky. I feel like it should be Orange next. And that's 
that kind of blows my mind that of all people, Orange Cassidy is the one who could pin Chris Jericho next. Because he hasn't suffered a pinfall loss since he's lost the AEW World Championship. What a win that could be for Orange Cassidy if he wins. Because this feud has done a lot, I think, to show how good Orange Cassidy is from the gimmick aside. It's shown, especially in the presidential, not presidential debate, the super debate of 2020, that he he's more than just the gimmick himself. He's clearly got a lot of charisma just based off his program with Chris Jericho. We're starting to see a lot more of a serious side to him. Even in the subtleties, like the fact that he's now got his own entrance music. He's now has his own entrance music, which I actually enjoy. It's, I feel like if I heard it out of context, I would think it's kind of a generic rock song. But I think it works really well with Orange Cassidy and just the, you know, I don't really care what this music is. Just so long as I can just walk out. Just give me something. I need something so Jericho knows that I'm going to punch him in the face. <laughs> Jericho, 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 Jericho. I lost my train of thought there. I think Jericho has done a fantastic job because I can't just fully credit Orange Cassidy for this, of really putting over the threat and danger that Orange Cassidy can bring. Because I think after his match against Pac, we haven't really seen that kind of super serious side of orange and it's gonna sound weird re-looking at this and just hearing myself say orange 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 cassidy he this says a lot about chris jericho's career as much as it does about orange cassidy of just how much fun and just downright Ridiculous some things have been, like the $7,000 coat, the random orange juice falling from the sky, the constant orange juice references, and just how they've been able to switch the comedy into like little moments of seriousness. And I think that's something that's been very much the next step for Orange Cassidy, which is how he's starting to slowly gain that credibility. And I know I've said credibility a lot. And I'm not probably going to edit it out, probably. I think they could potentially build him as a main event act, maybe. That's hard to believe, but I generally believe that AEW, just based off the booking alone and how behind they've been for Orange Cassidy and his gradual rise from being... In the six-man tag matches, to his first singles match being with Pac, to now feuding with, essentially, one of the biggest stars in the company. I think they would potentially pull the trigger on Orange Cassidy heavyweight title feud. Especially when you look at, and we'll get onto this later, who are the current challenges for that belt? And the contenders that we've had up to this point? They've... They've potentially got a lot of mileage out of Orange Cassidy as this single star. And that's not even including his stuff with best friends. So, 
you know, we may as well just get onto it now. Uh, I'm looking at the timer for this. We're about nearly 12 minutes in. My first thought of where Orange can go after Chris Jericho, it really depends on if he wins or loses the feud. If he hypothetically wins the feud, I feel that the only other person he could go up against potentially is MJF. MJF has this history with Orange Cassidy already with the TNT Championship Battle Royal. I believe it was Orange Cassidy who was somewhat responsible for MJF's elimination. You can count that as technically a loss. You can kind of build on the story that they've already been building with Chris Jericho. That MJF, this super snarky, just cocky heel, lost to the most laziest man in all elite wrestling. The fastest rising star lost to arguably the common man. The most common of common man. He comes out in his denim jacket, the shirt of himself, and his denim jeans. He doesn't even bother like putting on proper wrestling holds, which to MJF's credit, he does do that. He does it in a very annoying way, but he does do that. To say that of all people, he technically has a loss to Orange Cassidy. Not by pinfall, which is why I think he could do it. But what I think, because this is just my head going into fantasy booking territory. What if MJF wins the heavyweight title from Moxley at All Out? Because now that match has been officially confirmed. If his first challenger is Orange Cassidy. And you know what? There probably is an argument that you probably need someone with kind of more of a serious edge to them. But I feel like I trust AEW enough in their booking of Orange Cassidy to really sort of cement him in that sort of credible upper mid-card threat. Kind of in the similar vein to what Darby Allen was to Chris Jericho early on in his run and how he's been with John Moxley currently. Orange Cassidy could have a really fun dynamic with like him against Wardlow potentially. Maybe like a little interaction with Cody, maybe getting a little bit of advice and him just sort of not really paying attention. Just sort of saying, cool. Yeah. And then just proceeding to do what Orange Cassidy does. And I think they would, like, when Orange Cassidy gets serious and has this match with MJF. MJF, I think, is... He's incredibly athletic for, like, a guy who has a similar uh, promo style to, say, The Miz and EC3. He's a lot more athletic than he lets on in character. I feel like they would have a really good match together. Particularly with, like, Orange Cassidy's sort of speed and quickness and just sort of the way that he moves around with his hands in his pockets. And even when he's not and he's just diving across the ropes or he's just putting on like top rope DDTs. I think it would be a great match, especially if you have best friends involved in it and Wardlow. I think that would be a very fun dynamic. 
Maybe if it's just sort of, if you want to bring in Sue's mum as well, maybe they drop off Orange Cassidy for the match. I feel like with it, Orange Cassidy wouldn't necessarily win, but I feel like he'd look really good in defeat. And I think it would change a lot of people's minds on Orange Cassidy just being a comedy wrestler. Because I think with this feud with Jericho and maybe a potential one with MJF, they could build Orange Cassidy as this legitimate main event threat. Maybe not, say, like a Jungle Boy, the way that they're slowly building him, or a Scorpio Sky, but someone up there. And hypothetically, if he loses, Orange Cassidy versus Chris Jericho, I mean, I need to be specific here. I think Brody Lee's a good opponent for him. Like, what if, by the end of this feud, now that we've finally heard Orange Cassidy speak, we've seen him say that he's going to embarrass Chris Jericho. And he really puts in everything, so to speak. He, he does everything but the kitchen sink. And he's serious now. Not like, not like serious, serious, but the point that he goes in the complete opposite direction. That he tries too much. And maybe that would alienate people who originally like Orange Cassidy. But I feel like at this point, you can really start experimenting with his character a bit more. And really start branching him out from what he is currently, which I think AEW started to do. I feel like if he did start getting serious, he would end up having this massive losing streak. Because he's going against... Sort of what the commentators have been saying about this sort of laziness of Orange Cassidy. That this laziness that he has is almost like psychological mind games to other people who he's potentially facing. And who better would it be to try and influence him than Brody Lee? Who is already trying to recruit Colt Cabana. Who... I, I assume he's going to join the Dark Order by this point, currently just based off the booking itself. Because, like, we've already had history of Orange Cassidy maybe being recruited via sort of being the elite with... God, uh... Alex Reynolds and John Silver. Okay, I remember their names. They had a really good tag match this week. I remember their names. That's good. Where... I think with it, you can have that thing with best friends where they're just sort of trying to bring back the old Orange Cassidy, the sort of King of Sloth style, so to speak. And you can have these fun skits maybe with, like, Trent and Chuck Taylor just sort of, like, driving around. Just sort of like, hey, Orange, you see this? And maybe they also bring Sue along, who's just sort of, like, driving them along. It's like, thanks, Mom. <laughs> thanks, Sue. Sorry. But also, thanks, Mom. And it's just sort of, Maybe the storyline could be with the Dark Order versus Best Friends and Orange Cassidy. Just trying to bring back the Orange Cassidy of old. And not this person who's, like, trying constantly. So, like, maybe, I don't know, Brody Lee hits the discus clothesline over on Orange Cassidy. And he's just, he's knocked Loopy to the point where he accidentally, like, puts his hands in his pockets. And he starts dodging Brody Lee because he's exhausted. Maybe a la... Kenny Omega versus Okada when Kenny just sort of collapses to the floor. I feel like something like that could be a very interesting direction to take his character. And it also 
helps boost the credibility of the Dark Order in the sense that they will target anyone, regardless of who they are, and potentially have them join their ranks. I feel like that could be a very interesting direction. Another one, where, just based off where the time has gone, I really want to see Pac again, because I miss him so much. We never got that Death Triangle Best Friends feud that was being built upon before the pandemic happened. And maybe this will be, maybe once lockdown's starting to get more gradually lifted over time. But their matchup, I almost said all out, Revolution, it's the match that made Orange Cassidy. It's the match where I think a lot of people turn their heads on just sort of, you know, he's actually a really good wrestler. He's a lot better than what his gimmick infers he is. And with it, I feel like this feud could elevate both guys in a weird way. I know that's odd to say, considering who Pac is as a character, but I feel like with it, in their first encounter, he underestimated Orange Cassidy a lot. And when he did eventually take him seriously, he needed the help of the Lucha Brothers to get the win. I feel like if they had another match, it would be a great dynamic to see just Pac taking this a lot more seriously. So maybe like when Orange Cassidy's doing the kicks where it's just, oh, oh. Instead of Pac just like shunting him, he just goes for a forearm. Or just starts targeting Orange Cassidy from the get-go, not giving him time to be this sort of joking offense. And Orange could play off the stuff that he's had with Chris Jericho. Maybe put in a couple of those fake kicks and then go for a move, or maybe even just do it straight away, then put in a second one as a fake one for good measure. I feel, with it, both guys could look a lot better out of it, plus there could be a lot more fun six-man tag matches between Death Triangle and Best Friends. It would be really fun to just see the Lucha Brothers just to interact with Orange Cassidy a bit more. Because I I feel like a broken book just saying this, because AEW's tag division is just ridiculously good. But I just, I just want to see more Orange Cassidy. I'm not going to lie. When I first saw Orange Cassidy in his initial debut, I, I just wanted to see more of him. And I feel like the way that I'm talking about stuff really sort of reflects that. Pack is the complete opposite of Orange Cassidy in every way, just from his demeanor to to sort of the way they carry themselves in the ring. I feel like with it, you could have this sort of... I don't know how best to describe it, but this sort of neutral respect by the end of the feud to some extent. Where, sort of, by the end of it, you can have Pac be just sort of, you know, still the sort of serious brooding character, just sort of like, uh, I really don't like you. I really don't like you. But I, I have to admit that you're really good when you try. (laughs) And Orange Cassidy, maybe vice versa, where it's just sort of, okay, you've 
threatened my friends. You've done all these other things. Yes, you made me get super serious in the same way that Jericho did. I, that's the way that I think of it personally, how their dynamic could be. Maybe you guys have a better idea of it. But with that said, the last person who I can maybe see, because I feel like they've been building certain, not necessarily stuff between the two characters, but they've had their own individual stories that could potentially lead to some sort of conflict. And I feel like they have this kind of interesting backstory where it could work for both of them and why they would feud. And that's Orange Cassidy versus Cody. <laughs> now, on paper, this sounds maybe a bit ridiculous. Cody's a babyface, he's currently in his TNT title sort of open challenge, so to speak. Cody doesn't really need to face Orange Cassidy and vice versa at this point. But what AEW does so well, and I think they could do really well with this, is that they always find a way if someone's been in a big program to keep them busy. We've seen that with Hangman Page. When he was in his feud with Chris Jericho, he started to go on this whole alcoholic streak that's eventually made him into a bigger star. We've seen it with Brian Cage currently after he lost his AEW title match. Cody versus Orange Cassidy could be the thing, and this is going to sound ridiculous, so wait for it. The thing that starts the four horsemen teasers we've been getting with Cody. And now, I I know what you're thinking. This sounds absolutely ridiculous. Why on earth would Cody turn, of all people, on Orange Cassidy? Well, best way that I can describe this is that think about the similarities between Cody and Chris Jericho. Think about their program that they had before Full Gear. Cody freely admitted that him and Chris Jericho have something in common with the fact that they both have famous fathers. Cody Rhodes is the son of Dusty Rhodes. Just the common man. And when you think of Cody, I don't think you see him in the same way. He's built an identity that is similar, but drastically different. He isn't the same common man that Dusty Rhodes was. He's kind of the guy who's built up this big wrestling empire for All Elite Wrestling, along with Tony Khan, the Young Bucks, and Kenny Omega. He is, to some case, less like Dusty Rhodes, and more like Ric Flair. Now, onto this. You know, he's recently had Arn Anderson sort of in his corner for all the TNT title matches. And we've started to see, particularly with his matches with Sonny Kiss and Eddie Kingston, that he's starting to get a little bit more heelish since he's won the title. And I feel like with that, that's him sort of kind of going against what his father was. The white meat baby face, the, the I'm trying to think of Dusty Rhodes' promo, Hard Times. I forgot the name of it as I was speaking. I'm truly a wrestling fan, guys. I swear. And how ironic would it be that 
Cody Rhodes loses the title to Orange Cassidy. And let me explain why. Cody, in just from his presentation to the backstory that we know about Cody, he was the son of Dusty Rhodes. He was released by the WWE and he just worked his, worked his, I was about to say the A word because I'm trying to keep this PG. He worked his butt off to get from WWE and then he went across the entire world to sort of better himself. He started creating this brand, the Nightmare Family. He joined the Bullet Club. He essentially worked his butt off to make himself someone truly a main event star. And how ironic would it be if after all this hard work, he lost this he lost this title that is synonymous with TNT, just the television network that WCW was built on something that Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes had worked so hard to build an established brand to. To the guy who keeps his hands in his pockets and through many of his matches has not won via his Superman punch initially, but just through a roll up. And something that could have easily been prevented if he wasn't cocky or he wasn't overlooking Orange Cassidy the same way that a lot of wrestlers, when they build a match around Orange Cassidy, tend to do. They see him do the fake kicks. They see him do these things, and they don't quite know if he's being serious or not. And then that's the trigger that pulls Cody Rhodes to sort of go and further cement the classic old-school wrestling style that he's built upon himself. Because Orange Cassidy represents this sort of new generation of independent wrestling. Cody was never built upon that. Cody was built upon the classic WWE style and a bit of old-school NWA. Orange Cassidy represents the independent circuit. And just sort of this new wave of high-flying, innovative offense that's been produced over the past decade or so. Cody could sort of build this four horseman faction, ironically in the Ric Flair position, as this sort of thing similar to the way that Ringkampf was, or Imperium if you watch NXT. These people who believe that the mat is sacred, this old-fashioned style, similar to, I don't know, the other people being teased for this faction, FTR. Potentially Sean Spears because of the inclusion of Tully Blanchard. I think with this, you have the potential to really build Orange Cassidy as this, not necessarily as sort of a, I'm getting my words confused, a reluctant hero. And maybe that sounds far-fetched, but I think, I think Orange could actually win the title in this scenario, and it would be really interesting for him to win the belt. I know I've said this a lot throughout this podcast, that I think Orange Cassidy would be an excellent champion, just an excellent singles champion. Let me, let me just give a good idea why, and the reason why I think this is because, specifically with Orange, 
he is such a he's such a three-dimensional character with the way that he's portrayed as sometimes trying sometimes not you can have this be something where you can necessarily have Orange Cassidy not defend a belt for a while just because he feels lazy and just have it where wrestlers just ask hey can I have a shot for the belt yes and then they have a match and then with that you can have heels I don't know who maybe like an MJF maybe like Cody if he does do that he could say he's the EVP. How is it that this lazy guy is still our champion? He has hijacked this title and he's not doing anything with it. And that can just fuel other wrestlers being like, I have this incredible win-loss record and all it takes for me to get a title shot is just to say, hey, can I have a match? And he either says yes or no. That's stupid. That's ridiculous. But with it, you build a lot of possibilities for the way the title can be defended. And I feel like with Orange Cassidy particularly, with this character, you can do a lot with it. You can have these very long, drawn-out feuds of people trying to get the approval of Orange Cassidy, of being like, give me a title shot. You can have these things where they attack best friends, or they attack another person who becomes an ally with Orange Cassidy. And you can have these things where he's just doing nothing. And it's okay that he's doing nothing because in turn, people wanting this title and wanting it to be taken off Orange Cassidy himself means that you're adding credibility to the championship. And it means that it is such a valuable prize that it makes the title more desirable. And honestly, I think that's the best thing that you can do is to make a title feel important. And in a weird way, Orange Cassidy could be a unique scenario where you can have both baby faces and heels challenge for the belt and not make it feel like people are being screwed out of title shots because of the rankings. So, I think I've made my peace in Orange Cassidy with the way that I've sort of spoken about it. So now... It's time for that great, fabulous dumpster fire segment that we have to end the show. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It's Fantasy Fumble. And for the people who do not know what Fantasy Fumble is, Fantasy Fumble in the Wrestling With Fiction podcast is when I do fantasy booking, but in the worst way possible. I try and book a storyline with the wrestler featured in this podcast and try and make it have storyline sense, but it must be the stupidest and worst idea I can give the wrestler without completely ruining their credibility, but sort of downgrading them to a certain extent. So, is that clear? If not, I think then it's time to cue the music. So, without... Further ado, shall we have it begin in three, two, one, fumble. Let this dumpster fire begin! Okay, so, uh, I, I don't know how to do this, so, uh, so, it's the battle of uh, apples versus oranges, I, I know. Genius, right? 
So, we have Orange Cassidy, you know, the Orange Man, the Ceased, the Zeitgeist of the Orange Juice Nation. He's there. He's currently after his feud with Chris Jericho. He's just, he's tired, he's exhausted, he's shirtless, because you know he's probably beating Chris Jericho, I hope. He just wants some orange juice. But then, as he's taking a sip, he spits it out. And he looks over, the camera pans. It's QT Marshall. And the bastard didn't give him orange juice. He gave him apple juice. The bastard. What else could there be for this madman? So the next week goes on. It's the best friends versus uh, the natural nightmares. I remember the tag team name. And he's there. Orange is watching on as QT Marshall comes out with an apple. You know what he does? He throws the apple away, puts it in his pocket, and he passes him an orange. And in his most non-caring way, passes it to Chuck Taylor and he says, Chew on this, QT. Chew on this. And he doesn't. And he goes right off and starts fighting off Orange Cassidy. That's right, QT Marshall turns heel on Orange Cassidy as Dustin Rhodes tries to hold him back. Says he gave me an apple. My name is QT Marshall. I used to be a teacher, goddammit. And I will fight this man. Orange Cassidy, in his most relaxed way, says no, I will. Well, not really in this way, but just imagine he's saying this in his mind. I will fight you, man. I will fight man to man. Nobody will see us go across each other. So in the coming weeks, we have Orange Cassidy versus Dustin Rhodes. Of course, he, Dustin Rhodes tries to hit the final cut. And of course, he connects. But you know what stops him? What's inside Orange Cassidy's jeans? oranges that block the crotch shot he hits his roll up and he defeats Dustin Rhodes vice versa QT Marshall has a singles match with Chuck I guess Chuck yes with Trent Beretta just or just Trent maybe with Sue at ringside as well why not we brought Sue into the rest of this they have their match Chuck Taylor tries to go for that soul food half and half thing but just on his own and QT counters it into a diamond cutter. Orange Cassidy looking on with an orange juice in hand. It's at this moment that QT Marshall hits the diamond cutter and he looks on. He looks on with his apple and he does the Carlito move. He chews the apple and spits right in Orange Cassidy's face. What do we do from here? We build weeks and weeks, battle after battle, them sitting on commentary, them brawling off commentary, chucking oranges and apples at each other. It's a true war between men! How does this feud culminate? It culminates in the only thing that can be known. It's an ancient war passed through years and years. Apple versus oranges. Orange versus QT. It is the empty arena match. The only thing present is Sue's mom's van, oranges, and apples. And so the feud continues from a distance. Them chucking oranges and apples at each other from a distance. 
Orange doing it via the hands in his pockets, just chucking from the shoulder. QT Marshall, just chucking it like a regular person. He does the DDP signal as he throws his apples. And then, it eventually builds to their brawl. Oranges and apples scattered across the ring. But it's through Orange Cassidy combining the powers of the apple and the orange, spitting in the face of QT Marshall with both juices inside his mouth. And Orange Cassidy pulls off his Superman punch and goes for one, two, three. Orange Cassidy with a smile up, with not a smile, with his hands, <laughs> hands holding up a thumbs up in one hand and orange in the other, walks out of the ring like any man would, cause he's no apple juice man, he's just freshly squeezed. Wow, I did not think that segment could get any worse. So, yes, this is a regular thing now. Uh, so that segment is definitely going to be a regular. It is, <laughs> it's a dumpster fire. If any of you enjoyed this, I hope you did. If you wanted to just hear a random guy talk for 40 minutes, then I hope I did well with that. If you enjoyed what I had to say, feel free to leave a review. Feel free to leave a comment, feel free to do whatever I deem is possible via the use of the internet. And I want to say thank you for watching these, this 40 minutes of me just gushing over Orange Cassidy. I do generally think he could be a main event player. That, none of that's really in character, I do generally think it could be a main event for him. Maybe I'm dating myself here and this could go tragically wrong. I don't know, I've really enjoyed his character. I think he's exceeded my expectations. And I do generally think in this podcast about wrestling and fiction, he can truly do something that's extraordinary. And I know that sounds like a very cheesy way to end the podcast. And I think it is the way I'm going to end this. So thank you all for listening. Thank you all for just listening to this random thing. I hope you have a lovely day or night or wherever you're from. I think that's a phrase already, so I need to say something else. Uh, or have a good day. Have a good thing. Uh, always stay kind of awake and kind of asleep. I don't know. Have a lovely day, people.